turn to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18. And uh, we've been sharing on prayer, but it just seemed like maybe to go a different way this morning. And uh, last week we talked about, and I would encourage you to go back and listen to those if you missed a service, because they were a little bit different. You know, we talked about praying to get wisdom and how that wisdom is profitable to direct you, and all the paths of wisdom are peace, are pleasantness, prosperity, provision in every way is in, is in uh, wisdom's hand, and uh, it's a byproduct of walking in wisdom, and so we should be praying for wisdom, you know, because you can tell the world doesn't operate God's way. You know why? Because you can hear it if you know wisdom. Because you'll hear people like this go, I'll tell you what, that guy's like a billionaire. I work harder than him. Well, remember, wisdom, we, the scripture says wisdom is profitable to give direction or literally brings you greater success. And he used an illustration there about an axe and how that if somebody has more strength, but they use a dull axe, they can beat at that tree. And it may take them three days to cut down a tree, Somebody weaker, but keep sharpening their axe, uh, could cut down maybe six trees or something in, this, in those same three days. And instead of just providing for themselves by selling the tree or, you know, for lumber and cutting it up and using it to cook and keep themselves uh, warm, uh, they would have a lot more that they could sell and they could be making tons more money with less effort. The one guy could go home at the end of the day because he wasn't directed by wisdom and say, I work harder than them. You know, this scales up. And God wants us to be wise. Are you with me? And God's not, there is no law that you have to work 40 hours a week or 60 or 30. But sometimes people get upset with others because they make more and I work less. Wisdom will help us to exert less and gain more. You know, there are ways to gain more. I knew you'd be excited. So go back and listen to that and uh, to the series. There were a number of things like that. But it, it is so true, you know, because I know there are people in life that are Christians that have come out of the world and, and then they start seeing bigger because that's how God is. And they don't know how to go bigger in life. They don't know how to increase in different ways. And I'm not just talking financially, but how to be a better parent. Wisdom will help you. How to be a better spouse. How to be a better employee. How to be a better believer in any area. And, I mean, if you walk with God, and you truly walk with God, He's going to rub off on you, and He is wisdom personified. Are you with me? He knows the way to do everything. Are you with me? And so that's why we want to get wisdom. The Bible said a companion of fools will be destroyed. But he who walks with the wise, he won't be. And he will, you know, have benefits. And so why is that? Because things rub off. Foolish people make foolish choices. Are you with me? And so... Our lives are not just determined by the wind and the waves and just where I was born and 
the family I grew up in. Now, there can be some positives or negatives to that in various ways. Are you with me? Meaning, I could pick up some character flaws or I could pick up some things character-wise that are good. You know, so, but then on the other hand, I might pick up a bad character flaws in attitude, but good in business and think different. Well, when I get saved, I'm going to have to renew my mind and, and I'm going to be a different person. Uh, but God's going to want to shape us and help us in all our life. Are you with me? So Proverbs 18. How many know familiar verses are good verses for and uh, familiar verses uh, are familiar for a reason because people uh, recognize or see certain things in them that are beneficial. Uh, and I'm going to read this verse, and then we are going to roll forward. Proverbs 18, 21. Isn't, isn't the Lord good? And isn't he working in your heart and life and, and lifting you up? Not literally, but inwardly. Amen. And and if he'd do that in his presence, he, I mean, he's not going to move opposite of his presence and want bad for you. You know, you just have to think. We, we, sometimes we just using common sense, which isn't always common, is good. You know, because some people say, "Well, I just don't know if the Lord wants me, you know, to get ahead or to to have a fruitful life and just have good because I've done so much bad but he'd bless you with his presence when we're worshiping but then after that he unplugs the cord and doesn't want good for you it makes no sense but do you know there are people like that God will be blessing them when they're worshiping God they recognize him working or they're in church and they leave and they're all lifted up and then they just go I don't know if God God loves me are you with me? There's that, that's not appropriate. God would not do that and then later on go, I don't love you. No, he loves you. Are you with me? Without condition. Are you with me? Proverbs 18.21. We need to roll. Death and life. So what's death? Is it physical death? You know, you hear people say, Oh, that, that died, you know, like an engine died or, or something died, you know. Death is not just death of, when we think of like a person, but it, it, things talking about dying, just not being alive, not, not producing good. So he said death and life are in the power or the ability of the tongue. And I may say some things today about these things that may tweak your thinking in ways you maybe haven't thought before. And that would be good if they're scriptural because then wisdom is profitable to direct us or gives us a successful direction or direction that brings success, right? That, that's the scripture. And so if he said death and life are in the power of the tongue, is he talking to save people, lost people? Who? Or, or, or is really authority given to all of humanity and earth? That's a good question. Or, or is it only Christians who have authority? Or does all humanity have some type of authority, whether they know it or not? Well, we know in the beginning, Adam and Eve came on the scene, and God gave them 
authority. Are you with me? And we can read clearly that he did. He actually gave authority to humanity. Though the Bible tries to clarify the authority, and then it gives scriptural basis for how to use your authority. And we'll explain that in, in a minute, okay? Because sometimes if you say something like this, uh, you know, that all of humanity has authority, then people think, well, wait a minute, there's something wrong with that statement. Well, it depends what you mean. Can all people believe in their heart? And can all people uh, declare something with their mouth to be saved? Absolutely. That's their authority. They can believe it or not. They can declare it or not. It's on them. All man has authority to believe what God says or not. Are you with me? Or, or you have no authority to be able to do that. Unless that's the way God works, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Somebody might say, no, this is only for saved people. No, because the Old Testament was written to lost people. There was nobody saved in the Old Testament. What's interesting then is that do people have authority that we don't know about? And how does this authority work? And can, can lost people stumble into some of it and it works for them? That doesn't mean they're saved. Oh, and then we as Christians stumble into it and it works or stumble into it wrongly and, and it not work, but God would like it to work for us. And is it an inherent thing in all of humanity uh, for authority? And how does authority look? And if authority in the earth is death and life is in the power of the tongue, then, then your mouth is huge. The words that come out of your mouth are huge. And then we would recognize this. No wonder there would be then pressure upon people to stop people from preaching. Because you could share the truth, then people could use their authority, in other words, belief and declaration of belief, and be saved or walk in any blessing. I mean, there are many things we look at and we can get a Christian view and that's not true. Like Paul one time went and preached the gospel. There was a crippled person there and he heard him speak and he had faith to be healed. And then Paul commanded him with his mouth to act and he acted and he was made whole. And the guy wasn't, we don't, we, he, he was a lost person. Somehow he was able to believe with his heart and act. Saved or lost. We need to understand this is inherent. So it should not be foreign for anybody to be able to use authority. Now not all people have faith in the aspect that not all people are going to believe in their heart the right thing. But do all people have authority? Keep your finger there. Or if it's on a phone you can't keep your finger there. But look at Matthew real quick. Matthew 12. Are you guys okay? Now people may not cooperate with these rules, but these rules are in effect upon the earth. There are different rules 
that are in effect on the earth, and there's authority that's given here on the earth. Not when you die, here on the earth. All men really have this authority whether they know it or not. Whether they walk down the right path or not, they have this authority or this ability. Now you understand this, I'm not a big gun person, but if, if I don't load a gun like an old muzzle loader where you pour gunpowder in, there's different types of gunpowder, there's different types of slugs, uh, you, you could use less or more gunpowder and shoot better or worse, or you could put wet gunpowder in there and not fire or not get the right results. Uh, People can have a gun, so to speak, to use it and not be putting the right things in and not getting the right results or aiming at the wrong thing. But that doesn't mean we don't have a gun, that we don't have authority, that we can't use it. And we need to understand this because this is given to all men, all we, we, need to know, we need to know that because we don't think that way. We'll come to some wrong conclusions and wonder, why do those people get ahead? But if you hear them, you'll recognize they're cooperating with certain spiritual laws that are just there. And just because they're getting ahead doesn't mean they're going to end up in heaven. Remember, we said last week on Teaching on Wisdom, you can get rich. You can prosper naturally apart from God. But we know that it's devoid, because we looked at scriptures, of pleasantness inwardly. You know, we all know this. We can all succeed at work, and we didn't obey God like we should, and we get a bigger paycheck and a bigger paycheck. We've seen people, they know the Lord, and they're not as filled with pleasantness and peace anymore because they're just not following wisdom. They're not following the Lord, but they're beginning to prosper on their terms, but it's not true prosperity. Because true prosperity is the result of acting on wisdom. And if you're following the right thing, you're going to end up with peace, pleasantness, and on the list goes. If you do it the other way, you'll get the money. You won't have the peace. You won't have the pleasantness. You won't have the fullness of God. And so you can have some goods, without all the goodness and goods and the good God working in you, right? Children of Israel, they said, give us a king like them. He said, no, I want to guide you. They said, no, we don't want that. He said, all right, I'll give it to you. This is wisdom. Do it this way, but you can go that way. But if you go that way, he said, you will find leanness to your soul. In other words, there won't be a fullness inwardly but you will have what others have in a king. Well, man, that didn't, that didn't work out too good. And, and, and so they suffered inwardly, but got what other people got. God wants us to be full inwardly, inward too. L look at this at, at Matthew 12, because we've got to move. Matthew 12 talking about authority. Matthew 12, 37. By, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Let me read that again. If death and life are in the power of the tongue, how is God going to judge people on that day? The Bible said out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So obviously, we should work to treasure the right thing in our heart. 
But how many people have iniquity in their heart? Have, have wrong things. They entertain wrong things and start filling themselves with wrong. And then it starts coming out. And he said, by our words, we will be justified. And by our words, we will be condemned on that day and in life. So is that true with all people? A absolutely. People say things that hurt themselves along the way, and it's, they say it because they believe it in their heart. They start entertaining the wrong thing. Are you with me? Back to Proverbs. Is there authority uh, for all humanity? Realize this. Authority was given by God to humanity. Man has departed from God. But that doesn't mean authority is not there and that there is a proper way to use our authority uh, while we're on the earth. I mean, a fundamental way for anybody coming into the kingdom of God is to believe Jesus died and rose and then call upon his name and then God is able to recreate that person and make them new inside. If they do not do that, they had the authority and by their own words or lack thereof words or saying, you know, I don't need Jesus or, or um, I'll do this at another time. I don't need to do this today. Remember King Agrippa? He said, depart from me, Paul. He had come to the place where he was convicted in his heart. He needed to give his life to the Lord. And he said, depart from me for a more convenient time and I will call for you later. But then Paul moved on and that was his opportunity and it was gone. That was it. We don't see that he ever had another opportunity. But he had it in his heart. He could have responded correctly and he said, no, not today. Uh, so he'll be justified or condemned by his words or he, what he had believed and done with them or not. He said, because he, it actually, if you read in the context, it says back there, all idle words, all words that we use matter. Are you with me? Because they become an expression of the heart. And uh, we need to realize, like that guy, well, I have another opportunity. I can do this later. It's right to do it now, whatever it is, and not later. Amen. 21. Death. 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Well, what does that mean? In your tongue or with your tongue, there is an ability to produce things. Death and life. And those who love it or understand it or understand this principle will eat its fruit. Will eat its fruit if we understand it and abide by it. Turn to uh, Numbers now, the 14th chapter. And we need to understand that there is... Something to be said about out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, uh, and I don't mean just what you declare openly, but I mean in private too. People don't realize uh, the authority they have often. Some people that are lost have stumbled into this authority and they have benefited by it. It doesn't mean they're saved. And then there's Christians who, who have not been taught or didn't know and have kind of tied their shoelaces together. 
They didn't realize the value of learning, of knowing the truth, of seeing these things, and they have actually uh, done something to sabotage their own life. And they were the possessor of the authority. Numbers 14. And we are going to begin reading in the 27th verse. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation? That's how I feel. No, I'm kidding, Joe. I think the world of you guys. I just thought that was funny. Sorry. Never mind. That was a joke. No, I do. I think we have great people. But, but think about it. He said, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complain against me? Now, what were they complaining about? Man, the road's hard. This is tough. They did. They, they complained about the journey they were on when the Lord was taking them into the promised land. And it got a little long, and it got a little than they wanted, and they started complaining about, do I got to go to church? Well, not exactly that. Do I have to do this? But they started complaining along the way. And they started getting down in the mouth. And, and, and I don't think it's just that God was upset with them that they were uh, getting discouraged as much as that they didn't do something about it. And then what they did was they crossed the line and it, and it affected them. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, we can be trained in the world, and I mean, I'll tell you what, the news media, man, they, they will tell you stuff that they don't know is true. And, and they'll set people in a negative way. Oh, the housing market may collapse. Oh, and we need to be careful what we allow in because then people will start doing this. What are we going to do? Like, well, let's not trust God. You know, there are people, I mean, because if our thinking is wrong, our believing becomes wrong. There are people that become wealthy when the markets collapse. They work with it. I knew realtors when, when they had the collapse in the market, there were some that thought one way and they're like, oh no, what are we going to do? And a bunch of them went down. I knew others that had already prepared and started working just enough to know how to do repos to sell them because it's a different way to do it. And so when the market crashed, they didn't lack work. They actually ended up getting more work. They had wisdom. And they were a believer, and they went up during that time. You don't think God's got stuff like that for everybody? Or at least preparation? Or help? I mean, why did he multiply things in Egypt and give that king a vision and then his person interprets it? It wasn't just for them. I believe God wanted to take care of them. It was ultimately to help his people. So, so when we hear something, the first thing out of our mouth shouldn't be, oh no, what are we going to do? 
Because God can send a raven. That's literal. Notice this, verse 28. If we think that death and life are in the power of the tongue, and here he's saying people who were just murmuring, complaining, ah, this ain't working, this didn't happen, we can't do this. Notice this. He said, say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do to you or do it for you. By our words, we become justified. And by our words, we become condemned. It would be worthy for us to, if we have little kids, uh, to teach them not to complain and have a down mouth. And to always not to speak the problem. It's not we can't deny that things exist. But if death and life are in the power of the tongue, we should know where we put our butt. And I don't mean on the chair. I mean, yes, hard times are out there, but God is for us. God's for us, but hard times are coming. There's a huge difference. I mean, a massive difference. And one's producing death and life. And we don't even realize sometimes if we haven't been taught that our tongue and our mouth is huge. And it's not just what I pray in front of you. Oh, Lord God, how holy and mighty are you. Hallelujah. Oh, he prays so wonderful. No, it's the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart. He said, what I've heard in my ear, that is what I'm going to do for you. Now think about it. He does it for you because he heard it in his ear from you. They said, we, he said, you can possess the land. I've given you this. They said, we can't do it. Then once they were there not doing it, they complained about the way and it opened the door for serpents. And it's so cool that God, even though they had done it, he, he tried to help them. And in his cure was a change of lifestyle. You say, what do you mean? They had been murmuring and complaining, and he said, listen, I'm not just going to heal you. I'm going to put a brazen serpent on a pole to show you that, that this problem has been defeated. You just focus on it till that image consumes you, and you will see yourself in this situation as a victor and not a victim, as a conqueror and not overcome, because you will see that, that this problem has been solved. Well, he already said, I've given you the land. He basically, the problem was they got their eyes on the giants. It's the same principle across the board that he was trying to get across to them. And here he is trying to teach them the same thing in a different way that, listen, I've already provided. And so if you're only seeing that I'm healed and he said, you fix your gaze, that's what you're going to start saying. But some people don't realize this principle. And he said, what I hear in my ear, that's what I'll do for you. That's what I'll do for you. What have we put in his ear that's... And notice it didn't, wasn't a positive thing. And it's not like God's doing bad in your life. 
You know, like, okay, I'm just, they said, I want this. I'm going to do the bad for them. No, the issue is this, that God has given us authority on the earth and he can only work with what we give him. And if we work the authority the wrong way, then he goes, oh, this is what you get. You've tied my hands. Remember, remember in the Old Testament where it said in Psalm, uh, well, let's turn there and then we'll go to Hebrews. Psalm 78. It wasn't that God wanted bad in their life because they said something negative. It wasn't that God hated them. Or hates us. Psalm 78. But he recognizes what this does for people. And that, that they may not realize they really have authority. Because often we're taught if God wants it, he'll do it. And if not, it's just how it is. But that's really not how it looks in the Bible. Psalm 78 verse 40. How often they provoked him in the wilderness. Now, that's the story we just tur turned to from. Boy, that could have sounded different. Um, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. How, why did they provoke him and grieve him? What grieved him? Well, their words, but it, he was grieved. You know why he was grieved? He wanted better things for them. And they weren't possessing it. I mean, if you had a kid that ended up going the wrong way in life, that's not what you want for them. And that can be grieving, like, oh, man, that's not what I wanted. Or we know people like that. And we don't believe that for our kids. We could believe and declare they'll turn out right. And God will influence them. But think about this. How often they provoked me in the wilderness and grieved uh, him, the Lord, or provoked him and grieved him in the wilderness. Yes, again and again, notice this phrase, they limited God. See, when they started murmuring and complaining, they didn't know they had authority. And God said, okay, you're going to get this. It's not that God wanted it for them. They just didn't cooperate with authority that was already given. And he said, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Who limited him? They did. We're going to possess the land or building or lands and buildings, whatever, for our church. God has a revival that's working in us now. You have to possess that in the sense... You need to declare that is still working. The wells and the rivers are working in us. And God is working strong here. And he's working strong through you. People don't realize how often even the church has probably shot themselves in the foot. You ever heard that term? Well, that is not a good thing, I'm thinking. You know, if you, if you get videos, sometimes I, I've seen different videos. And a long time ago, I saw this one where this police officer came into a school, and he's like big old buff guy. Some of you probably know this one. And he's like showing the kids these guns, and he's all, you know, this. And he discharges the things loaded. Anybody know this one? 
shoots himself in the foot. Oh, the kids are freaking out. Oh, and he's all, it's okay. And, he's, and then the teacher's like, put it away. And the kids are all, eh. And he shoots, he's like, it's okay, it's okay. I'm thinking, man, those kids are going to be much wiser with a gun. This is the best thing that could have ever happened. No. But that's not the idea, is not to shoot yourself in the foot. He's got power in his hand. We've got power in our mouth. And, and these people shot themselves in the foot, and they're wondering why they're limping now. And we can't get into the land. And they're like, it's okay. And we're reading here the, the same thing, that this is the wilderness this is the wilderness, remember, back there? This is the wilderness described. You limited him with your words, people, not you, them. They said, we can't do it, and God heard that in his ears. We can't. It won't happen. It won't work. And I'll tell you what, we should be talking it up. Somebody said, but we don't see all of it yet. It doesn't matter. They didn't see it. They hadn't seen the walls fall. And God said, I've given it to you. But then they said, we can't do it. And God heard that and said, I'll answer that. It's not changing. It's not working. They, who did the limiting? But the question is, how did they limit him? Well, we see that the limits were their declaration of a heart belief in, out of their mouth that God heard in his ears. Hebrews 3 verse 1. This is New Testament now. Has anything changed? I don't know. Well, one thing is God is super merciful to us. And we are born of him. And... Uh, we used our authority to receive him. We have the right. Whosoever will can call and be saved. That's authority given to all. But we'll all do this. Hebrews 3.1. And for various reasons, they won't. I'm too, you know, this. I've got other things to do. I have a friend. One time I was witnessing to him. I was so impressed on how God was working. I was like, woo. His answer was, I can't do it today, kind of like Pilate, you know, or that ruler uh, with Paul and said, I'll, I'll find another day to receive the Lord. My friend told me, uh, I, there's too many women to sleep with, and that doesn't mean take naps with them. He said, I, I've got to go do this. It, somebody said, wow, you just said that. I did. But think about it. By his words, he will be justified. And by his words, he will be condemned. We'll all stand there on that day and we'll hear him say, and he's still not saved and he's my age. And this was when he was 25 or 24. And uh, he literally said that and that will play back. Not today. And if he hasn't given his life to the Lord, it'll be like, that same guy who said that to Paul. Wow. I mean, could you imagine saying something like that and then, because they all, then it, then it shows up. So he's like, I got to burn some of my old love letters I had from high school. Doesn't matter. Hebrews 3 verse 1. But those words will condemn him. 
Because the Lord will say, right there, you could have called, you could have started using the authority you had, and you said, no, I won't, I won't do that. Now we see that they went into the Lord's ears. Notice this, Hebrews 3.1. Therefore, holy brethren. So who's he writing to? Believers. Partakers of the heavenly calling. We are saved. Consider the apostle and high priest of our confession or our words, Christ Jesus. Notice this. Jesus is the high priest of our confession or the words we speak. Notice he's not the high priest of other things. Faith or words are so big when the Lord comes back. The Bible doesn't say that when he comes back, will he find love in the earth? Because it, when he comes back, he said, we know that the love of many will wax cold, but he doesn't even say he's going to come back and look for that. It doesn't say he's going to come back and look and see how you were treating your employees or, or all of that. He, he didn't say he's going to... He said when he comes back, he said, well, I find faith. Now, faith will affect all these other areas. But, but he said, I'm looking for this people to be exercising proper authority. Words. And notice, so Jesus is... We're to consider Jesus, who is this. A high priest in the Old Testament represented humanity, or, you know, on, you know re they were a representative of humanity before God. And so what they would do is they would take what the human being, the other person, would say, I'm offering these doves, I'm offering this lamb, I'm offering this. And what that priest would do was offer it up to God on God's, you know, to God for them. He would resent, represent them and God would accept it through the priest. And he would say, your sins are forgiven or whatever it was, you know, that they gave. And these priests would represent. And if they needed an answer to prayer or they needed something, those priests would go before God. But they were called a shadow of things to come. And it's interesting how narrow Jesus' priesthood is. We know immediately he gave blood, but that was a one-time deal. Those priests kept giving blood and, of animals and doing all this and talking to God on behalf of the people and pleading on their behalf. But it's interesting, he did it once for all your sins so you could be without guilt and without shame and washed. But he does do something on an ongoing basis and it almost sounds like in the Old Testament where he said, what I hear in my ears, that I will do for you. And they're murmuring and complaining because, you know, it wasn't just what they said one time. It was what they let out of their mouth. He said, what I hear, I will do for you. You can't pray and go, oh, Lord, I believe you're blessing me. And then go talk to people and say, it, it don't work for me. I prayed. Because he heard all that in his ears. And he said, that's because that's what you said. You didn't know you had authority, but you, you've relinquished your authority by your words. Guess what? You can get it back by your words. He's called the apostle or sent one. 
and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Now here's the interesting thing. He said, consider him. He is the high priest of our words. That's what he represents, the words you speak. Your words have authority. All humanity has authority. Now you understand, to make the words work correctly and get profit, we have to line them up with the Word of God, treasure them in our heart, and then begin to align ourselves with what the Word of God says and start beginning to speak that way. If we renew our minds, we'll just start naturally speaking the right thing. What are we going to do? God's with us. But if my mind's all on the problems and on the news, uh, you know, what are we going to do? I don't know. We're in trouble. Are you with me? God hears those words. He has nothing to work with. Well, I'll answer that. Because you know what? Whoever asks, receives. And we can limit or unlimit him. And God wants you to unlimit him. Doesn't it sound like such an odd thing to say that a human being, a created being by God, can limit him? But it's true. Doesn't he will that all men would be saved? He's limited there, though. By humanity. By my friend who said, not today. And it's still not today. Is God way more powerful than my friend? Oh, you better believe it. But in the earth, he's given us an authority. And, and Jesus is now in heaven, and he watches over our words. And you know what I find so fascinating here is what he writes after this. He's writing to Christians now wonder what kind of illustrations would, would uh, back the value of speaking the right thing and declaring the, the right thing. And like Jesus spoke to the mountain and he said, and spoke to the fig tree and cursed the thing. And it, start, it said, from that hour it started to wither away. And then the disciples said, wow, look at the tree you cursed. And Jesus didn't say, you know, I'll tell you what, I got some power, baby, check Gun show, BB guns. But he's like, you know, no, he didn't turn any attention to him himself. He totally turned it to them and said, you could do this. They didn't know they had authority. They didn't realize authority was on the earth and that, that they could speak. They weren't even saved yet. But you could speak and do some of this stuff and start believing and things would obey you. And then when he left... He didn't tell them then, but now we know when he left, he taught them that, and he's now watching what we say based on what we believe, and he will enforce it or have to let it go. You know, people may not realize that we can unlimit God, so to speak. I know it sounds weird, but it's this. God wants so into your business and wants so to cause good to happen in your life. We just have to cooperate with him. I mean, in all reality, you know, we may get water, you know, 
from behind a huge reservoir. We can't stop that. It's got way more power. It could kill us all. But we can turn it on and water our yards and turn it off and fill a glass of water and get refreshed. But we can't be mistaken and think, well, I'm more powerful than all the water in the world. Well, let's just drop you in the middle of the ocean and see how you do. But God's given us authority. And we have to realize. But here's what I want to get to because we need to move on. If you look at the illustrations here, what was the first one of the first things we looked at after we realized people have an authority was the children of Israel, God had given them a promise. And he said, I heard the wrong things in my ear. Therefore, you're going to get what I heard in my ear. It's not that God's being mean. It's not that God's just angry at people. And I'll tell you what, they said the wrong thing. I just hit him in the head. He's not doing that. It's he gave authority to Adam and Eve. He gave it to humanity. And now he's trying to not only redeem man through Christ, but redeem their actions. And to as much as he could help them with this authority back then, he taught them in the Old Testament too. And like I said, people stumble across it, but it's clear in the Bible. And those people spoke things and it hindered them and you know what the illustrations are between here and the fourth chapter two major stories from the seventh verse to the eleventh verse about the children of Israel not entering into the promised land because of unbelief and we know their unbelief was an expression of we cannot do this God heard it and we just heard that the high priest now is hearing our words then the very next illustration after that uh, talks about becoming uh, partakers. And then in the 14th verse, he said, for we have become partakers. And then he, 15, he, or after the 14th, he said, tells us to stay with that confidence. And then he goes on to tell another illustration of the exact same story of them not entering in because they murmured in the wilderness. And when the, you can read verse 16, 316, for who having heard rebelled, how did they rebel? They said they used words that God heard. And he said, because it's your authority and it's your right and your privilege, that is what will be granted to you. God wants people saved today. But he'll grant to them if they say no. Does he want them to go to hell? No, but the authority is in their hands. We shouldn't look at this and think, well, I've got authority. That means, I... no, we've got authority in a realm of the earth. Therefore, we should submit to wisdom and the wisdom of God and the ways of God. For he said, for who having heard rebelled, indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt led by Moses? It said they didn't obey, but how was it that they didn't obey? They started not following and through the expression of their words. Pretty interesting, huh? So you know what he says right after? After, in the fourth chapter, he goes on to talk about uh, words, how he speaks things to us and gives promises and different things. And he talks about verse 12. 
for the Word of God is living and powerful, that's really where we're to line our authority up with what God has said about you. We're to treasure His words. And He said, For the Word of God is a living is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner or a judge of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Talking about the power of God's spoken and written word, really, even though it's talking about the written word that we have being alive unto us and Him dealing with us. And it says, And there is no creature hidden, from his sight, but all things are naked and open in the eyes of him to whom we must notice this give an account. Verse 14. It's interesting after he gives the illustrations that were connected to the one we looked at before, how God answered what they heard, what he heard in his ears. Isn't that interesting? He heard it in his, their, his ears. The words came out of their mouth. And so he said, I can't do that. I'll do what you said then. And then he says, um, I'm the high priest of your words here. And then he gives two big laid out illustrations of how their unbelief was. And we saw that it was expressed through words. And he said, but the Lord is listening to what you will say. And he said, he wants you to enter into his best. And so then he closes up right here with this thing that we must give an account. Verse 14, seeing then that we have a high, great high priest let us, uh, who has passed through or into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or our confession or saying the things God has said about us. Man, praise and worship was too good, and then we went long. It's their fault, Lord. But we're going to read two more. Is that okay? It's that worship leader you gave us, the worship leaders. No, that's what Adam and Eve said in a different way. We won't do that. But Isaiah 55, don't turn there. Turn to James 3. Isaiah 55 uh, says this, and I'm turning to James 3, and then I'm going to share that, and then we'll, we'll, I believe we'll close right here. James 3, but I'm going to quote something from Isaiah. Isaiah 55:11 says, uh, you know, talks about uh, some different things, and he said, my word, you know, that goes forth shall not return unto me void, but it shall prosper in the thing I sent it to. But notice he said, in the way I sent it, he said, if it returns back, and when it returns back to me, he said, he said it will prosper then in the thing whereunto I sent it, and it will not return unto me void of power to perform. And you can look it up, Isaiah 55, 11. How does it come back to him? How, does it, how do words come back to him, words that he spoke? Notice what didn't come back into his ears, but, and, and it wasn't devoid of power because another generation spoke the right thing and they went up. 
But they said, we can't possess, we can't do. But it didn't mean the power wasn't there in God's word to perform and that God wouldn't back the word. They just wouldn't agree and begin to act. And so they didn't bring the word back to God. It didn't come back to his ears. Here he said, my word shall not return unto me void of power. If you ever declare back to God his word and declare it in the word, in the earth. And it's not that you're saying it in his ear. His ear just hears it. If you speak to a fig tree and say, I curse you in Jesus' name. It goes back to his ears. But you can't all day long go, and my words don't work. Faith don't work for me. Are you with me? Your faith will work because it's authority that's given. But sometimes we are so natural and living so in the natural, uh, we're swayed by natural things when we don't see instantaneous results sometimes. But he said if you would send his word back to him, it would not return to him void of power to perform. So James 3, let's, let's close, uh, I believe, right here. And we'll look at verse 3. There's different uh, illustrations. But he's talking about the power of people and uh, what they say. And he said... Well, we'll read verse 2. For we, stum we all stumble in many things. You know, here's the thing. Some people will hear that and they will think only of their stumble like, oh, I did that wrong. Oh, oh I did wrong like this, like um, I was mean to this person or I could have done better like this. And they only see the result and he's going to teach us the cause. that caused what we saw. For we all stumble in many things. So don't heap condemnation on ourselves, but he's going to give us an answer. If, if anyone does not stumble in his words, or word, he is a perfect or literally a developed, mature man, able to bridle or control his whole body or his life the reason we stumble is it's a heart belief that uh, and we haven't used our tongue appropriately but if we would use our tongue appropriately with the heart belief because we have done something correctly with the word then we would not stumble in our actions Are you with me? He said, if we could learn to control our tongue, we could control our actions. If we would, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart. In other words, what he treasures up in there will begin to come out of his mouth and then it will begin to produce something. And not just material things, but actions. Here's an interesting thought right here. 
He said, if you can control your tongue, you can start bridling or controlling your whole life, your existence, your actions. Jesus lived this and showed it to us, not as God, but as a man anointed by the Spirit. No man can take my life from me. I remember when I was little, I didn't even know these things, and I remembered hearing Elvis Presley not sing. But I remember hearing clips of him talking about how he wouldn't live long and he would die young. Anybody remember that? Okay, there's one person. Anybody else? Honestly, put your hand up. There. I just want to check where the age line is right here. Thank you. But there's a number of people. But we've heard that before with other people. And, and in an interesting, he died. Remember the alligator guy or what was his name? Who? Steve Irwin. Yeah. Steve Irwin. I almost said Steve Harvey. Um, yeah. Steve Irwin. I remember when I lived in Southern California, I enjoyed the beach when I was there, and I would spearfish a lot, and I'd run into sharks and all kinds of things. But certain times of the year, stingrays or bat rays um, would be spawning. They would be real big, big uh, numbers of them, and you could just swim right through them. When I heard that he died, I was like, something went way wrong. That is virtually impossible but then if you go back and heard clips and heard what his family said they kept he kept telling people i i want to die doing this and doing what i love and when the minute i heard how he died i said he had to do something absolutely fundamentally wrong because for him to have that thing go right through and poke himself and kill himself in his heart those shafts on a big one are maybe this big. They're like, or maybe like this. I was like, he had to get up there and lay on that thing. Come to find out he did. He put himself there. And normally they don't panic, you know, especially where they're around people. And that thing that went to whip him, he was perfectly in that place. I mean, it is so, I mean, you probably, probably got a better chance of getting hit by lightning when we leave today. And then to come to find out, he kept telling people, I'll, you know, I just want to die uh, doing this. Well, God couldn't stop him then. Because he had authority, and he declared it for so long. But he said, if you, if you could control your tongue, you could start changing your life. Notice this, and we're going to close here. Indeed, I didn't try to be crude with that illustration, but, you know, when I heard that, I was like, he had to do something. He had to say something. It just was so weird. Indeed, we put bits, and he's talking about the tongue, indeed, we put bits in a horse's mouth that they may obey us. And we turn their whole body, and he's talking about controlling the body and about controlling life. What is he saying here? We take and put a bit in a horse's mouth, and we apply pressure to the mouth. And if you apply pressure to the mouth, even though this horse is so big and powerful, you can start controlling the direction of that horse by applying pressure. 
I mean, if you don't know how to apply pressure, the horse is going to take you for a ride. So that means he's talking about our tongue. If we would apply pressure, that means sometimes we're going to have to do what we say, bite our tongue. But we're not going to know when to bite our tongue, when to say something, and when not to say something unless we are treasuring the truth of the Word of God in our hearts. It's pretty awesome that all of us, including every last one of us on the earth, have been given authority. I mean, that's how God looks at every human. Every human that has ever existed on the earth has authority. Whether they cooperate or not, they have authority. And then he gave us his word so we could line up our beliefs and start partaking of supernatural things that have been paid for through Christ. But it's the same authority that gets used in various manners in the world. Everybody okay? You know? I better keep my mouth shut. So, pressure. I was going to tell a story of somebody, um, of a real famous person, and he was giving advice, and this one lady said, oh, you know, I could never do that. He said, he, I don't, he didn't walk with the Lord as far as I know. He, he just spoke back and he said, you need to not let that come out of your mouth. You, and you need to say this right, but you got to believe it. And I thought, he has stumbled across a principle that we should not be afraid that people can do this. It's not superior to our authority but we can get the better ammunition by knowing what the Word of God said and cooperating with God. And then God will go to work. Why? Because you're more somebody than someone else? No, we just all have authority and we all can cooperate or not. Everybody alive and well? We should be encouraged. Amen.